Well, good morning. Welcome back to Let's Open the Bible. Russ and Gavin with you on this Thursday edition of Let's Open the Bible. Good morning. Good morning. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to them. Oh, good morning. Yeah. <laughs> Great to be with you today. I, I appreciate those that have uh, bravely tuned in today after uh, whatever was yesterday was. But uh, uh, we, are, we are talking about joy this week. We're talking about Advent. By the way, if I don't know if we said this or not. Maybe we did. The word Advent, Advent has Latin roots. It simply means coming. And of course, in this sense that we're talking about it is the coming of Christ. We are uh, highly anticipating his second return, but uh, we only have the second return to anticipate because he came, uh, and that's what we celebrated Christmas. And so today we're going to talk about future joy as it relates to Advent and future joy as it relates to uh, our real lives, and we're going to begin. We're going to move around a little bit, but we're going to begin in Psalm sixteen eleven. I want to give you a moment to head that way if you can do so safely. Gavin, I'm going to ask you to kick us off with prayer. Then I'll read Psalm sixteen eleven. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for your Word, which reminds us of the hope that we have in Christ. Uh, I pray that we would be strengthened by that. Um, that the joy of the Lord would be our strength. And as we lament our sin or maybe even our situation, we flee to that strong tower, that refuge, and our strength uh, that is you. Heavenly Father, I do also uh, ask that when when things don't go our way, when, when we find ourselves in tribulation, that we take heart, that you have overcome the world, that we can be like Stephen when he was being martyred, that he looked up and saw what was awaiting him, and it strengthened him. God, we are called and commanded to set our eyes on things above and not on things of earth. Do not allow that to, to creep into our heart where we don't care about the people around us or the things that are going on in our lives. But God, we, we also, uh, again, are strengthened by the fact that that's not where we place our trust or in that we don't find our joy. Uh, we find that in you. Heavenly Father, would you work that in us this season? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. So Psalm 1611, you, uh, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So good. Fullness yeah. of joy. It's something to look forward to. Yeah. I mean that, you know, we have so much uh, future glory, future grace, future joy that we get to look forward to and enjoy. It's hard to articulate. So uh, uh, food for thought, you can chew on this for a while. Um, I'm a believer that the Garden of Eden was good f for a, a couple reasons. It was good that it was sinless when it was created. It was good that it served its, it was um, as it was to be. It was in shalom. Uh, it was um, as God created it, and it was good. I also think that it was good for its ultimate purpose, which that God had a plan before uh, that he established before the foundation of the world to unite all things in him and uh, things in heaven and things on earth, that, that there was this plan that he would glorify himself through Christ Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, and it was good in accomplishing that. So I, I, I tend to see things working out as, as they ought and a few things happening in those uh, um, in God's determinative will, right, in, as he determines that these are the things that will happen. One of them being, I think, that in the garden when it says that a woman's desire shall be for her husband, but he shall rule over her, that, that, that's going to cause problems in a marriage. Yeah. 
And I think that is part of the curse, that marriages are not always easy. And if you talk to any husband and any wife, almost universally, I've heard a few people that said, no, it's been nothing but pure bliss. Every moment of every day has been nothing but sunshine and happiness. How many times have you heard that? Once. Yeah. I'm trying to think because I really want to be honest about that. I know that I think I know that I've heard that before. I cannot picture the person that ever said it, so I don't know. But often, you know, um, it used to bother me. My wife would look and say, marriage is work. And I'd be like, well, you don't have to say it like that. <laughs> but uh, Faithful are the wounds. Yeah, yeah. Faithful are the wounds of a friend or a wife, for sure. Um, but, uh, but, but so I, I think that it was certainly that it would cause conflict. That's part of the curse. But I think also it was a, a, an opportunity for the gospel. You know, Jesus loves the unlovable. He redeemed for himself a bride, purchased her, and washed her clean. That that um, the way that my wife loves me and the way that I love my wife, in spite of sometimes what we've earned, is is an opportunity to show that we love God and to proclaim the gospel to the people around us. Um, you know, I know that I don't always earn and deserve her love, but she has that that gospel opportunity to say, "This is what Christian love looks like." Hmm. So that brings us to my point. That's a long way to get to the point. Um, I think sometimes we have illness and and trials and tribulations, not only as a, as a result of the fall, the consequence of sin. Yeah. But I think it's also to remind us this is not our home. I think we struggle enough as it is in America to say, this is not my hope. I know that I have talked with enough people in within our congregation where you're, you know, where heaven has become earth. Sorry, I, I mess that up every time I say it. Earth has become the new heaven. Yeah. Earth has become the new heaven. This is my hope. And, and we cling to it and we, we claw for it. And we, and, you know, I, I know people that, and, and I understand the beauty and benefit of health. I'm not minimizing that. But I know people that will skip church every week but won't miss a doctor's appointment because the physical is far more important than the spiritual in their in their eyes rather than the spiritual should be far more important than the physical. And and that's why I know I say this all the time. That's why we should fast every once in a while, one among other reasons. But man doesn't live on bread alone. Food is good, wonderful. It's great. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it well. I'm a fan. You clearly can tell I enjoy it well. But there's something better. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's like silver and gold and, and fine honey, right? Yeah, but we, we're consumed with what we see instead of uh, what we're told, which is to walk by faith, not by sight. Right. Well, even in that text right there, even in that very text right there, we would rather depart and be with Christ. So, so that's a person that has this future joy, which is what we're going to talk about. This future joy in mind is Paul. You know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And, and we know this because we walk by faith and not by sight, right? Well, he says we would rather, in that Second Corinthians 5 passage that you just alluded to, we would rather depart and be with Christ, which for it is far better. So um, maybe as we talk about this future hope, and maybe write these down because my mind is all over the place and I'm, I want to address them. I've heard people say, I will never serve a religion whose ultimate hope is death. Like, that's, not, that's not what I want to serve. Okay, so 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 let's just take a moment to address maybe that. Every day that God has given you is a gift from him. This is the day Amen. the Lord has made. Let, Let us, us rejoice and, and be glad, glad in it. Paul says in both of the passages that he alludes to rather being in heaven in Philippians 1 and in 2 Corinthians 5, that it's his goal to please God more than it is to live or die. 
Okay, so I don't want to get this mindset where you're, you know, you're so heavenly. I don't even like this saying because it's it, it doesn't hold up to scriptural uh, critique. But you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I, I, I that's foolish, and we'd walk through that verse by verse. If, if anybody wants to write on the Facebook page, you know, they believe that. I, I'd love to just uh, respectfully walk through that biblically. But um, our hope is not death. It's not our hope. It's not where I place my joy. That's not what I look forward to. So could you read Psalm 16 again so that I can I can tell you what I look forward to? Yeah, certainly. So uh, again, that passage says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's what I look forward to. I look forward to to Revelation 21.4, the new heavens and the new earth, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes uh, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away and he who is seated on the throne. And by the way, I really want to get this clear. The absence of pain is not my hope. The presence of God is. Yeah. So, so, but so, so when you hear that and he who is seated on the throne, by the way, I think I said new heavens and new earths, maybe double plural. It's singular, singular, new heaven and new earth. But uh, but in he who is seated on the throne said, behold, I'm making all things new. That's what I want. I want to be in his presence. I want to know him as, as he knows me. I want to I want to enjoy worshiping him forevermore. I can't imagine today you will be with me in paradise. I can't imagine what that'll look like. Um, so. What a great future. Yeah, so our future joy. Well, and you said something. I, I Those people that say, I, I, I don't, what is it you said that people don't, don't like I don't religion wanna, because of their death or whatever? I don't want to, I, I don't want to be a part of a religion that, that, that their greatest hope is death. Okay. So, uh, my response is, would be this, the, the word death in a, in a literal sense means separation. Um, and death, but death as we, as we look at death is, is really a lie in the sense that we are eternal. I'm the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I mean, so you're right. We will not be separated from God. Yeah. So there is no separation for the believer. Right. There is a separation for the unbeliever, but there's still no death. It's just that they're eternally separated from the love and grace of God. All right. So, so another thing that we, we want to emphasize in joy is joy is shared. And uh, I think we, we, we alluded to that C.S. Lewis quote about, you know, that the fulfillment of the joy is sharing it with others. It's, it, and we, we know that intuitively in life. You know, you see a great sunset and you wish there was somebody there to share it with you. And I use the crass example, and I will admit it's crass. But, you know, I, I grew up playing basketball, and this was not me. But, I, I mean, every time a, a, an attractive lady walked by, the court would stop and scream, look at her. Well, why can't you just look over there and say, oh, I saw a girl? There's something to be shared. So our joy needs to be shared. So I say that to say that... My hope is not death. My hope is to be in the presence of God at his right hand. I mean, I, I can't imagine to be uh, in paradise forevermore where the, the glory of the sun and, and the glory of God and the sun are lighting up the new heavens and the new earth. I can't imagine what that's going to be like. The angels are singing back up. Read Revelation 5. It's an exciting scene. Um, but so to couple those two thoughts, that's my future. That's not the future of the unsaved. 
Right. And that's so, not the telos. That's not the end result. That's not the goal of someone that doesn't know Jesus Christ. So to couple, that is my real joy. That's what I long for, to, to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better, Philippians 1. If I do want to get, experience that fullness of joy, this is 1 John chapter 1. I want to share that with other people. I want other people, I, I want to look over there and nudge, nudge. That's, that's the hope that's waiting for us. Yeah. That's, that's what makes everything in this life, these momentary light afflictions seem so small, is that hope of joy that we have. That, that final eschaton, the eschaton, right? When, when, we, when we are in that eternal state where there is nothing but inexpressible joy forevermore. Hmm. And, and maybe this is helpful, maybe this is distracting, but I've had these talks on heaven before. And I've used like really uh, reductionistic examples, like it would be like standing outside of heaven, uh, outside of Disney World, and looking through the gates, but you can't go in yet. You know, that's kind of my view of heaven. I've, uh, I've used you know other you know, someone saying, "Well, I'm not afraid to go to heaven," is like my wife standing outside of Chick Fil A saying, "Well, I'm not afraid to go," and my wife is a Chick Fil A junkie, right? So, <laughs> well, I'm not afraid is almost nonsensical. And, and, and almost inevitable when I have these, you know, conversations about what the Bible tells us about heaven and Paul's understanding of heaven and um, the, the goodness of it and the future joy. I, I want to keep coming back to that word to remind us what we're talking about, the future joy. I, people will say, yeah, but I really want to graduate first. Or yeah, but I'd really like to get married first. Or yeah, but I'd li- really like to see my children do X, Y, or Z. And I go, those are all beautiful things. And this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That God, you know, may allow you those those great things to be a part of. But if you understand heaven, you wouldn't say that. For sure. Yeah. And, and this I, is not a death wish. I, I don't know how many I, times I can say that. I think there's a tension in um the flesh that, that many people struggle with that they only they only know what they know, and what they know is what they see and experience. And so there's there's many believers that I've heard say just those those types of words that you you just used and you know I want to go to heaven but I you know I want to see my grandchildren grow up or you know whatever it is and and that sounds like sentimentality. Um, I'm not sure exactly how you meant that, but but walk me through what you said before because it, it provoked. I mean, we've already discussed it, but I really want. So somebody says. I know what I know. Yeah. And I trust that I mean this is good. I have a great I me. I have a great wife. I have great kids. For those that are watching my daughters in the room right now, I have amazing kids. Um I have an amazing wife. I have an amazing church. My life has been blessed. I sir, we've all had struggles and hardships that that grow godliness in us and I appreciate those, but but it's blessed. Um so this is what I know. So how do I long for something? Let me go back to it. He said it already. Second Corinthians five, verse six. Um, uh, kind of want to read the whole thing of second Corinthians five. If just turn there because I, because I want to, because it's so beautiful for, we know that's, that's faith for, we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Like this is, this is something I just, it, I, I say this this text all the time in my own mind as well at times. Uh, for in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. 
For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. And every one of us knows that the the, the difficulties of living in this earthly tent, right? Yep. Bad knees, bad yep. elbows, shoulders, whatever. Unibrows. Yeah. Trouble breathing, pneumonia, COVID. Yep. For while we're... Uh, for while we are still in this grown, uh, tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life, that your mortal body would be swallowed up by life. He has prepared us for this very thing as God who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. And this is what you were saying. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Stop looking at the things around you primarily. Colossians 3, set your eyes on things above, not on things of earth. Second uh, Corinthians 4, um, you know, uh, for we look not to the things that are seen, but to, uh, to the, we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, right? Uh, for the things that are seen are temporal. They're all passing away. Not one of them will be left, but the things that are unseen, they're eternal. Um, so we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage and would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Amen. That's the summation of what we said. So we've gone through Revelation 21. We've gone through Psalm 16, um, both places about what, what awaits for us. Um, and so Christians, you have a, in Christ, you have a guaranteed inheritance. So why are you left here? Ministry of Reconciliation. For other people's progress and joy in the faith. That is directly why Paul says he doesn't get to go home yet. He says, it's more necessary that I'm here on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. I know where I'm going. And I don't mean any pride by that. I just mean, hey, I'm left here for one reason. And, and the only illustration that I've ever had that makes sense in my mind is if my wife and my kids, my in-laws, my parents, everybody that I loved and cared for, Russ, you want to go? Sure. Okay. So Russ is involved, his wife, I mean, just good people. They all go to Disney World. And 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 I love the guy that I'm going to use as the example uh, too, but, but let's just say he stays back. Um, so everybody's at Disney World that I care about, that I love, that I can't wait to see the object of my affection. Read in that Christ Jesus, the object of my affection. They're all at a place. They're waiting for me. And I really want to be there. But Pastor Floyd says, hey, I need some help with uh, with some evangelism. I need some, just, would you do some work? Well, it's, it's I, I call up Julie and I said, I know that there's an all expense guaranteed inheritance in, in Disney World. And I'll, I'll be there in a, in a little bit. I don't want to distract people with Disney World with all that's going on, but just say a great and wonderful place, whatever whatever that place is for you. And I said, hey, I know that you know there's an all expense paid, guaranteed inheritance, and I'm on my way soon, uh, but there's work to be done. And so I stay here with joy because I enjoy seeing people come to know Jesus, but I can't wait to be there. Hmm. That's good. That's a drop the mic moment. No, it is not. Don't you ever put a drop the mic. I don't have drop the mic moments. I may stumble and fumble the mic. I've done that before. I don't have drop the mic moments. Yeah, Sweet out of your buttery hand. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have the word, which is good, and the word drops the mic. I don't want to say that even, but uh, the word is good. I, I think that's all the time we have for today is what we're trying to say. So I hope that you'll continue to open your Bibles and join us again tomorrow as we discuss how then shall we live, the quorum Deo, the application of joy. Until then, God bless. 